Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Man, that was so, so wonderful to be worshiping God. Hello, everyone. God bless you to all of our local CT family and then our beloved online family. Wherever you find yourself today, we've been praying for you. This is the Lord's day, and I'm so excited that we could join together and worship him. You know, as Pastor Christian was, was um, leading us right there towards the end, and as he was uh, just reaching out to God, saying, you can have it all. It's so ministered to my heart, and it's so good to know that we completely belong to Jesus. Do you feel that way today? We completely belong to him. He's our Lord, our master, our savior, our friend, the friend that sticks closer than a brother. And we're going to keep worshiping Jesus right now. And I, I had a verse written down. That's why I was so blessed um, because it goes perfectly with our worship set. So listen, in Psalm 16, the Bible says, you are my master Every good thing I have comes from you. The Bible also says there, the boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. Our God is a good God and an awesome God. Our, our lives are challenging and difficult and stressful, but God is so good to us. Does anybody feel like God has been good? He's so, so good. And as we go to worship the Lord right now, Let's just say to him, Lord, we not only give you this offering, but we give you our hearts. God, we, we put our hearts in this offering basket, and we're so grateful for you. We're so grateful for your goodness and your faithfulness to us. What I love about the Lord's Day is that we get to stop everything, all of the busyness, all of our responsibilities, and we get to focus on Jesus, and we get to join together one in spirit as the body of Christ and seek him. And I want you to lift your hands right now. Even if, even if times are tight, let me tell you something, we're reaching out to the great provider. No matter what you're facing today, he's worthy of our worship. So lift, lift your hands right now. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for provision. God, we thank you for all of the ways that you bless us. Lord, sometimes we don't even realize the amazing things that you're doing. And then we wake up and say, wow, the Lord has been good. And so because of that, and it's with that sense of gratitude, Lord, that we bring this offering to you. And Lord, you don't need anything from us, but you're pleased when we worship you and when we acknowledge you. And so God, we wanna worship, Lord. We wanna, we wanna honor you. We wanna acknowledge the fact that every good and perfect gift, it comes from you. It comes from above, the Father of heavenly lights, the one who never shifts or changes towards us. 
Lord, would you bless this offering? Would you use it to strengthen the church and to further your kingdom? Would you use it, oh God, to meet the needs of people, oh God, local and global, oh God? Bless this offering today. We stop and we say thank you. And we say we praise you because you're a great provider. Thank you for every meal and every bill that's taken care of. And Lord, we pray right now for anyone who is in financial difficulty. Father, in the name of Jesus, the people of God join together and we ask that you would open up the windows of heaven and that you would pour down a blessing that will bring deliverance, that will meet needs, O oh God, that will bless the hearts of your people. We trust you to do it. You're a good, good father and we thank you. So Lord, receive this offering. May it be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said aloud. Come on, say aloud. Amen and amen in your home. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I am so excited to be, to be beginning a new uh, summer series. And part of the reason that I'm so excited about this series is I feel that there's so much that we could learn together as I've been studying this, um, um, it's been ministering to me, and, um, and I feel like, man, I've got such a long way to go and grow in the Lord, and I want to grow in Jesus, and I want to be more like Jesus. Does anybody want to be more like Jesus? Well, amen to that, and that's what this series is, uh, is all about, and the title of this series is, What's Your Vibe? What's your vibe? Now, that is a modern term, and all of our young people on staff uh, uh, just got a real kick out of it. But I, I'm going to tell you something. It really speaks to the issues of the hour and the importance of our witness as children of the Most High God. So let me tell you what the definition of vibe is. A vibe is a person's emotional state as communicated to others the atmosphere created by the disposition of our being. Let me say that one more time. A person's emotional state as communicated to others, the atmosphere created by the disposition of our being. A vibe is a practical description of a deeply spiritual reality. We cannot hide our vibe. Our vibe is what's, is what's going on inside of us, and this is deeply rooted in the scriptures. Let me prove it to you. So look at what Proverbs 27, 19 says. It says, as water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. Your life reflects your heart. In other words, a vibe is the reflection of our soul. Someone their, their vibe, what they're giving off is actually revealing what's happening deep inside of them. And here's the New Testament description of a person's vibe. You ready? 2 Corinthians chapter 2 puts it this way. This is powerful. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma. Everyone say aroma. 
the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. So you know what the Bible says here? It says that your vibe is like the cologne or the perfume of your life. You know, if you Google vibe, all sorts of memes come up, all sorts of quizzes. I didn't know this, but all sorts of quizzes that say so that you could check your vibe. When was the last time that you checked your vibe? Some people now will say, listen, positive vibes only. Well, this series is all about us learning on how to do a personal spiritual vibe check. When was the last time you did a vibe check? This is a very, very important because we as believers have a powerful opportunity right now to exemplify something different. In the midst of the hardship, the difficulty, the craziness, the children of God can reveal the aroma of Christ. Don't you want people to perceive that Jesus has come into the room when you walked into the room? That's our vibe. That's what the Bible is talking about. So as we introduce this, today's message is the introduction to this kind of series that we're going to be focusing on for the rest of the summer. We want to make it really easy for all of us to do a vibe check. And we want to make it really simple for us to remember to check our vibe. Now here's the good news. There's actually good news and there's bad news. But the good news is that the best vibes don't have to be produced by our own energy or will. In fact, the scriptures teach us that we can't produce the best vibes on our own. But the spirit can give us the ability, the spirit can grow in us and through us the most beautiful, the most amazing vibes. We have access to the resources of God. So look, let's read Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, starting with verse 16. Look at what the Bible says here. And brothers and sisters, before I read this, let me say this, okay? This series that we're walking through is going to be so important for us to really apply the word of God. We need to apply the word of God. There's a big difference between using Bible words and actually applying the Bible. We want to apply the word of God. When we get into, when we step into our lives, we want the word of God to be living and active to us and then through us. This is one of those passages of scripture that speaks to every single believer. So look, it says, so I say, walk by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you're led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, over, here's going to be your homework. And like I said, we're covering a lot of introductory stuff today, but this is what's going to be your homework. As 
as, as the days unfold and as the weeks unfold, but let's focus for this week, there are certain things I really want you to do. I want you to read this whole passage of scripture that we're going to be going through. And I also want you to meditate on these things. And I want to give you some very specifics about meditating. So read these verses several times a week and then meditate on them. What, what, what do I mean by meditation? Meditation means that you read, think, pray, and worship on a text. You take one Bible verse or you take two Bible verses and what you do is you read it, you think about it, and as you think about it, then you start to pray what the Spirit of God is revealing to you. And then as you pray and as you're absorbing the revelation, turn it into worship. That's meditation. If you learn how to meditate on the Word of God, you will be prosperous and fruitful and blessed. These uh, uh, verses are so crucial to our own state of being, our own state of blessing, and our witness as we ended our last series talking about the importance of witnessing. So here's, here's uh, uh, some kind of questions to start you down that journey, and we're going to be reading this in a moment, okay? The, 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 the Bible talked about the difference between the flesh and the spirit, and so here's what I want you to read, pray, Read, think, pray, and worship about. First of all, meditate on the difference between the spirit and the flesh. Meditate on that. What's the difference between the spirit and the flesh? It should be clear to us. God wants to make it clear to us. Number two, meditate on what's growing in you more than what's happening around you. Meditate on what's growing in you more than what's happening around you. And thirdly, meditate on the kind of person you can be to the people closest to you as the Spirit grows his fruit in you. The Holy Spirit wants to grow these beautiful things that are contrary to the flesh. So that's your homework, everybody. Uh, everybody say meditate. You want to meditate on these, on these verses. Okay, let's keep reading. It says, the acts of the, sinful, uh, of the flesh, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Now, everyone say obvious. Come on, say obvious in your house. Everyone say obvious. The Bible says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Before I read this list, here's what the Apostle Paul is saying. This is to all of us. This is the way it goes. You could be serving the Lord 60 years or six days. The acts of the flesh are obvious. You know what that means? It means is that when you are operating in the flesh, you might think that you have a great argument. You might think that you are right. You might think that you are justified. You might think that you have the right feelings, the right thoughts, the right emotions, the right everything. But in the presence of discerning people and in the presence of God and his word, guess what? The acts of the flesh are obvious. It's obvious when we get into the flesh. It's just the way it is. And so here's what the Bible says here. It says, the acts of the flesh are obvious, and here they are as follows. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, 
drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And the like. Now, this is not an exhaustive list of the works of the flesh because every human personality can take these and combine them into, in a sense, a, a, a fresh expression of sinful behavior. And so the Bible doesn't speak to all of them, but these are enough. And we'll, we'll, we'll give you the general categories in a few minutes. And here's what the Apostle Paul says. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let's hold this slide right here. So part, what is Paul saying that, that when a person gets in the flesh, is he saying that if you're in the flesh, you won't get into the kingdom of God? No, that's not what this means. He's speaking to Christians. What he's saying is as a Christian, if you are work a living in the flesh and operating in the flesh, the riches of the kingdom of God available to you, you won't have, you won't have them. You won't experience them. So as Christians, we can actually forfeit the riches of the kingdom of God if we get into the flesh. So let's keep going. Now it says, and here's the focus of our series. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Another thing I want to encourage you to do is to learn and memorize the fruit of the Spirit. And what the Bible is saying is that we can give off a vibe, the vibe of the flesh or the vibe of the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit can grow a beautiful vibe that comes out of us. And you know, when I was thinking about this, it made me realize that we try to teach our children this, and we've actually been learning this at, at, at different levels since we were kids. How many remember the bomb TV show when you were a kid, Sesame Street? Sesame Street was the best, right? And uh, I, I used to love uh, Oscar the Grouch. And um, how many remember Oscar the Grouch? It was an amazing thing to watch people talk to Oscar the Grouch. He lived in a garbage can, and they would knock on the, on the thing, and he would pop up. And I remember thinking to myself, everyone is so nice to Oscar the Grouch, but he's always grouchy. And what they were trying to teach little children was this. It's not what's coming at you that matters. It's what's coming out of you that matters. You see? Because everybody was actually being nice to him all the time, but he was grouchy. Brothers and sisters, God wants to bring some beautiful things out of us. How many believe that during this season, God wants to make us so fruitful. How? Bearing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. He's able by his mighty power and we can give off this amazing, special, supernatural vibe. So let me pray right now just for a moment. And I want to continue to unfold this very, very important truth. The difference between the flesh and the spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you that you not only save us, but Lord, 
you by your Holy Spirit live inside of us. And because you live inside of us, Lord, we can bring you glory with our lives. We can be the aroma of Christ. And I pray that that aroma would spread, Lord. Lord, that that aroma would be poured out. I pray that the cologne of heaven would be poured on Chicago, Lord. I pray that it would be poured out through, through Zoom calls, oh God. And I pray that it would be poured out at hospitals, Lord. And, and through, through interactions at Costco, Lord. And, and Lord, at Starbucks, Lord, let Jesus be perceived through your people. That's what you desire. We have an incredible opportunity, Heavenly Father, to be the aroma of Christ so that Christ may be made known. Lord, I pray that the aroma of Christ would be poured out on every home and that the fruit of the Spirit would flow, Lord, even though we're, we're kind of locked in our homes, fundamentally speaking, Lord, that marriages would be blessed because of what the Spirit is growing, that relationships would be blessed because of what the Spirit is growing. So, Lord, would you help us to know to see, to perceive the difference between the flesh and the spirit. And would you grow us, God? We wanna, we all wanna be more like you. So God, bless us and help us, I pray. God, help my feeble lips. And Lord, let your spirit reach out to every person. Lord, these are, these are so, these words, Lord God, these verses, should I say, are so important to how we minister to people. Would you make us amazing ministers as we bear the fruit of the Spirit? So bless this word now by your mighty power and in your mighty name, the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen. So through the fruit of the Spirit, we can set just an amazing example of what it means to really know God and have Christ in us the hope of glory. One of the things that I have been meditating on is the fact that while we children of God are called to, to give off these amazing vibes, there are lies out there that say people should get our vibe based on how we agree with them, and that's not true. See, we have a responsibility to show the world what Jesus is like. And the world, there are lies out there that say, if you don't agree with me, then you're my enemy. That's a lie in the name of Jesus. And if, if you don't agree with me, I, I wanna separate myself from you. That's a lie in the name of Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit makes everything different. And look, it is possible. There are examples out there of people being on opposite ends of the spectrum and still loving each other and being close to each other. I wanna use a real, uh, uh, kind of a modern day example from the highest court of the land, the Supreme Court. So you may or may not be aware of uh, the names Scalia and Ginsburg. Uh, uh, Antonin Scalia, he actually he, you know, passed away just recently, but he was a Supreme Court justice. And obviously Ruth, Beta Ginsburg, and she actually wrote the foreword to, to one of his books. And the, the amazing thing about Scalia and Ginsburg 
is that they were extreme opposites, politically speaking. In other words, Scalia was an extreme, uh, I guess by the, by the um, more liberal side, he would be considered an extreme conservative, and then conservatives would consider Ginsburg an extreme liberal. And so they couldn't be more opposed in terms of how they interpret the law, in terms of how uh, uh, they would come down on different cases in the land, and yet they were amazing friends. I wish I could read the entire forward, but I can't. But I just want to take this little clip from their story. This is uh, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's words. She says, my friendship with Judge, later Justice Antonin Scalia, was sometimes regarded as puzzling because we followed distinctly different approaches to the interpretation of legal texts. But in our years together on the D.C. Circuit, there was nothing strange about our fondness for each other. Justice Scalia was known for opinions of uncommon clarity and inimitable style, uh, writings that did not disguise his view of the opposing side. Yet, as he put it, he attacked ideas, not people. He attacked ideas, not people. And then when you read, when you read this, this, uh, uh, this forward, they talk about going shopping together. They talk about working together. She talks about the fact that before she would put out one of her briefs, she would have him look at it, and he would help her make her argument better, and then they would actually end up debating it. They were that close and that wonderful. It is possible, but it all depends on what's your vibe. What's going on inside of your heart so that as a Christian, we can over, overcome all of the noise and all the craziness that's happening in this world and just flat out bring Jesus. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming so soon. And don't you want to take as many people with you to heaven? How many would say Amen. So, Lord, help us to bear the fruit of the Spirit. This was an amazing relationship, and it reminded me of a quote that Pastor Durso gave me. He was kind of counseling in regards to marriage, you know, uh, 26 years ago or so. And look at what Pastor Durso said. He said, being right is not one of the fruits of the Spirit. Okay? Everybody who's married, please listen. Here's some quick uh, 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 marriage counsel. Being right is not one of the fruits of the Spirit, and your vibe should control how you handle being right. Because sometimes when we get right, we can get pretty ornery and difficult. We don't reflect the true love and fruit of the Spirit of God. I'm going to go ahead and say amen to myself on that because I know some people are like just kind of keeping it low, but it's true. It's true. Even when we're right, how many know we can reflect Christ? Amen. Praise the Lord. Boy, do I wish you were here today to shout amen with me. Praise the Lord. So here's what we're going to do for the rest of this message. We're going to look at sources. We're going to look at the sources of our vibe. And what the Bible teaches is that there are good and bad sources. Remember I said there's good news and bad news? The good news 
is that the Holy Spirit wants to be our never-ending resource for our vibe, us constantly bearing fruit. We love that verse in Psalm 1 that says, that man, that woman is like a tree. We are called to bear fruit, amen? Now, the bad news is, is that we all have a fallen nature. No matter who you are, we all have a sinful nature, and that sinful nature, the scriptures calls the flesh. And the flesh is that side of us that can really wreck things. So I've got two points today, and we're going to walk through this quickly and then pray. First of all, the wrong vibes always come from the flesh. The wrong vibes always, they come from the flesh. This is what the Bible tells us. It tells us that there are works of the flesh. Okay, now the flesh doesn't mean, I mentioned this last time, doesn't mean human flesh. When the Bible says flesh in the original language, it's sarks. It's talking about, it describes our lower nature as the flesh. Okay, and here's the, the, the thing with the flesh. The flesh is the part of our nature that attempts to satisfy and solve our human issues with self and without God. Let me say that one more time. The flesh is the part of me, the part of Al Toledo. It's the part of me and it's the part of you, okay? The part of our human nature that attempts to satisfy and solve our human issues with self and without God. This is a very, very important. We can try to or desire to solve it ourselves. Sometimes we get in this space that says, I don't want God to fix it because I don't want to fix it God's way. I want to fix it my way. That's the flesh. We want to solve things, but we want to solve it so that it satisfies our lower nature. And listen, brothers and sisters, this is why education can be very deceptive. Because you could be really smart and really in the flesh, okay? Education, our legal system, uh, our politics. We, as the children of God, we need to beware and listen closely because sometimes issues, human issues, are trying to be solved or satisfied with the flesh. Let me, let me give you a, a, a quick example here. Okay, so Ray Kroc was the founder of McDonald's. And I want you to imagine some, some a junior in college and he is, is like studying businessmen and he might look at Ray Kroc and say, wow, I wish I would have started McDonald's like he did. Here's what Ray Kroc once said. He said, I believe in God, family, and McDonald's. And in the office, the order is reversed. Brothers and sisters, that is what you call the flesh. If you believe in God, and if God is first in your life, how many know he's first in your house, he's first in the office, he's first at the beach, he's first at the lake, wherever you go, God is first, and the order never reverses. That's the flesh. Now, someone might look at him and say, look at all the money he made. Look at all the money that McDonald has given to this charitable foundation, or what good things they've done. That's fine, but it's still the flesh. You see, and as believers, we need to know when the Lord comes back, 
only what we do for Christ will last. Those are the facts. And he wants to help us. He wants to make us incredibly fruitful. But the flesh will reorder God, family, McDonald's. Okay, if you know his life, guess what? He cheated on his wife. He stole another man's wife. He did all kinds of crazy things. He actually, the purchase of McDonald's was kind of had a, a shady bent to it. Someone might look at that and say, that's great, but I'm telling you right now, not everything that glitters is gold. A lot of stuff is just the flesh. And this is a classic example of that. So let's keep walking through this. So let me tell you a couple, a couple kind of key factors about the flesh. So the flesh will always, will act, should I say, the flesh will act outside of God's truth. The flesh doesn't want to, it's contrary to the spirit. It doesn't want to walk in God's truth. Even if it quotes God's truth, it doesn't really walk in God's truth. And secondly, the flesh will not act on God's truth. So, so uh, Pastor Simla, my pastor, used to, he, he used to have this counseling method. Sometimes pa uh, couples would come into the office and they would um, be in a, in in such a huge battle, in such a heated space that you know what he would say is he would say, look, I want the both of you to go up to what was called the prayer band. It was the intercession ministry. They had 24 hours of prayer at the church. And he would say, look, you guys are both in the flesh and you can't counsel the flesh. So why don't you guys go and sit in the prayer meeting for about 30 minutes? Just sit there. Don't, you don't even have to pray. Just sit and be in the presence of God with the people of God and let hear their hearts cry out to God and just whatever, but just sit there for a while. And he says inevitably they would come back down and they would be weeping and breaking because now they switched up from the flesh to the spirit. Brothers and sisters, we need to switch gears from the flesh to the spirit because the flesh will never even act on God's truth. Okay, the flesh can have the right intention, but will apply the wrong application. Okay, the flesh can have the right application, but do it with the wrong intention. In other words, you could be a Christian and do the right thing for the wrong reasons. You know what you call that? You call that the flesh. So let me break this up. The scripture breaks up the flesh into four categories. As I said, they're not exhaustive but they are representative of the human condition. We, we, because we're human beings and because we have different personalities, we can just put such a unique spin on sin. We just can create different versions of sin. But here's how the, the Bible breaks this up. Here are the different kind of types of the flesh. First, there's sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. So these are fundamentally violations of sacred sexuality. Sex is sacred. Sex is good. Sex is a blessing. Sex is meant to be enjoyed by a husband and a wife. Okay, a man and a woman who get married before God. That is a gift. But there are, 
The flesh has impulses and desires, immorality, impurity, debauchery. So someone can have this thing in their spirit. Like, let me give you an example. Years ago when I, I got into cooking, and when I got into cooking, I would watch uh, uh, videos of all the top chefs. And I was reading their books. And I remember, um, I'm going to use his name. I'm not coming at him. I am going to use his name because it was all over the news. So there was a, a chef who cooked Italian food, Mario Batali. And I remember I, I watched the first video of him, and I said, no, I'm going to use someone else. Because everything that he said had a sexual innuendo to it. I'm like, good gracious, does everything have to be about sex? Just teach the class, bro. But it wasn't like that. It was just, it was just one thing after another. I went to find someone else. Well, you know, there was this huge scandal. What does, how does that happen? Successful, blessed, gifted, you know what it is. It's that you can have everything but on the inside still be in the flesh. And in his case, it was profoundly destructive. So now then there are violations of sacred worship. Worship is sacred. Some people say you got to have faith in faith. You know what that is? That's the flesh. You have to have faith in Jesus. There's only one name, okay, uh, under the, on the earth and, and in heaven by which men can be saved. There's only one Lord and one Savior. He's the son of the living God, Jesus Christ. And so it says idolatry and witchcraft, this is when people shift worship from being focused on Christ to all sorts of things. Idolatry means that we could be so... Uh, we can make gods of money. We can make gods of pleasure. We can make gods of success or of an institution. That's all the flesh. A little bit more. Then there are violations of brotherly love. Please listen closely. Look at, there are, I believe it's eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes. So listen to this. Then there are, the flesh can operate where it violates. There are violations of brotherly love. What is the most excellent way? Love. Okay, love is the highest form of spirituality. How do you fulfill the law of Christ? Love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love your enemies. The Bible, love is the highest form of spirituality. But watch this. There's hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy. We're not going to unpack all of these today, but I can tell you this much. Take racism, take uh, police brutality, take all of the ugly things, take rioting and looting, and all of those things are, an, are, are direct, the direct expressions of some form of the flesh. It's just the flesh. Okay, we're supposed to love our brother as ourselves, as our own family, as our own sister. That's what the Bible calls us to do. It's the flesh that, that tries to separate us, dissensions, discord, all of those things, hatred. It's violations of brotherly love. And then lastly, there's violations of communal celebration because it ends with drunkenness and orgies. And so this is talking about partying, okay? When people party, you can party in a godly way or you can party in an ungodly way. So, for example, you could go to a Cubs game 
when we get a Cubs game again, but let's say you could go to a Cubs game. I remember we went to a Cubs game and it was great, but we had to leave by the seventh inning because people were getting so drunk that by the seventh inning, it started to get crazy. The, the cursing, the, it was just crazy in the park. So you can enjoy a game. It, there's nothing sinful about enjoying the Chicago Bears. There's nothing sinful about going to a Blackhawks uh, a game. There's, but it can get way out of hand. That is, is the flesh. We, even the way we celebrate. Whatever you do, Pastor Christian quoted this, let us do it all. No, no, Pastor uh, uh, James. Let us do it all for the glory of God. And so these are the different categories of the flesh, and I'm glad I, I got through that. <laughs> we got good news too, guys. But here's what I would say. Why have I taken all of this time with this? It's because it's important for us to understand ourselves. The Christian has to take the time to look in the mirror of the word of God and learn not just the promises of God, but learn about our own fallen nature because we do not want to walk in the flesh. Somebody say amen. I got my amen button with me today. So now let's switch over. The, so, so the wrong vibes always come from the flesh. Now let's talk about the right vibes. And this is what we're going to spend the rest of the summer. We're going to spend the rest of the summer focusing on the right vibes. The right vibes always come from the spirit. And the Bible calls um, uh, different vibes that we can have that really glorify Christ fruit. Why? It's because the spirit literally grows them inside of us. The spirit grows fruit inside of us in the same way that fruit can grow. And so, so this is a very, very powerful thing. This is a, a kind of a, a, a descriptor of, of how our character can change. So let's look at fruit. How does, what, what does it mean to have the fruit of the spirit? Well, first of all, the spirit's fruit, number one, it grows in us. And here's what's great. No matter, no matter where you've been, no matter if, if you've been having marital strife, if you've been having problems at work, if, you, if you're struggling in some form or fashion, if, if God has already pointed out to you, you've had the wrong attitudes, the wrong feelings, the wrong behaviors, spoken the wrong words, here's what's awesome. We can turn to God and the Holy Spirit is able to grow fruit in us. He wants to grow fruit in us. If they could send, uh, uh, if the musicians could come. In other words, what the Lord wants to happen in the days ahead is he wants us to walk into a room and, and he wants people to experience what he's actually growing in us. You know, in cooking, there are, uh, there, uh, vegetables are seasonal and um, sometimes you'll go to a restaurant and they'll say, this is in season and that is in season. What it means is this is what's growing right now. And the spirit wants to grow some beautiful things in you and in me right now. It's awesome to know that we can draw near to God and that he can absolutely 
transform our lives. Our attitudes. You know, one of the things I love when people get saved is when they say this. They say, I don't know how this happened, but the things that I used to love, I hate. And things that I used to hate, now I love. You know what that is? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be praying in a moment when we go to pray. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. I hope I got them all. <laughs> when we go to pray for that and as we go to focus on that, what's so amazing is that he can grow that. Regardless of your personality, regardless of your past, the Holy Spirit can change. The Holy Spirit can change how you feel about your enemy. The Holy Spirit can change how we feel about a whole host of things that were wrong. He's able to grow amazing fruit inside of us. Secondly, the Spirit's fruit can create health and wholeness. You see, because when, when you become healthy and you are bearing fruit and people come and they, they take a bite of that fruit of your life, it inspires them. It blesses them. It encourages them. Let me give you an example. The first Christian wedding I ever went to, I was blown away because I grew up in the world and, and to me, weddings were like really quick ceremony, then the party. You know, when I was a kid, some ladies would come to the, to the church and they would still have their curlers in their hair with the big hanky over it. And they didn't really care about the service. They just wanted to get to the party. But I went to a Christian wedding, and, and the presence of God was there. And, and it was so reflective of, of something beautiful and sacred and holy. It was just so powerful. It, was, it just absolutely just blew me away. And I was talking to a guy, and you know what the guy said to me? He said, you know, um, being at this wedding has touched me in such a deep and such a profound way. He goes, weddings are always about party. I've never been to a wedding like this. Brothers and sisters, this is the experience that we can, or the impact that we could have on so many people in so many different ways. There's a fly around here getting me in the flesh right now. So, so listen to this. Here's what he said. He said, right now, I'm... Right now, I'm separated from my wife. But after being at this wedding and seeing how sacred and how beautiful and how important a, a, a marriage is to God, he said, I'm going to go and I'm going to call her and I'm going to tell her, we got to try. We got to try. You know what that is? That's fruit. That's fruit that someone came and plucked and ate. Someone needs to eat fresh fruit from your life. And that's the last thing. Listen, fruit, the Spirit's fruit can be tasted from our lives. God wants to make us the kind of people that refresh and bless others. Full of generosity. The generous man will prosper. And he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. The Bible talks in different places how people can refresh our soul. We're almost done here, but listen, 
just recently, I, and this happens to me all the time. That's why I'm so blessed to, to be part of this church because it happens to me all the time where I talk to a believer and they just refresh my soul. Just recently, I was talking to one of our brothers who like ministers to so many people. His name is Robert Lee. And um, when I got off the phone with him, I literally said to my wife, I said, honey, I can't believe it. I just feel, I feel refreshed. I felt like I, I just talking to him and he was just being him. You know, he's just, just such a nice guy. And it was just such a blessing to talk to him. And it just blessed my soul. I, I've been praying I've been praying, we only get one shot at this, guys. Are we in difficult times? Absolutely. Are we in some of the most, uh, some of the hardest times that I've ever seen? Absolutely. But you know what I believe? I believe that God wants to make us fruitful. He, want, he wants to make us like trees that bear fruit for the glory of God. That this week, someone could come and taste and see, not that we're good, but that the Lord is good. And so the rest of our series will be focusing on all of the different fruit of the Spirit. That's why we didn't um, go over them uh, 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 today. But I wanna, I wanna just close with this. The Holy Spirit can. Everybody say that with me. The Holy Spirit can. He is able by his mighty power. This is the way people change. The Holy Spirit is able to, number one, today, sow a seed into our hearts and in our minds. He can sow a seed to make us see things different, to make us feel different, to make us respond. He can sow a seed. The Holy Spirit is able to water that seed by washing over our soul. I want to believe God that he's going to wash over marriages. I want to believe God that he's going to wash over people who've become discouraged or depressed. That you're going to get a promise from God. And the spirit of God, when you go into worship, you're going to take that seed. You're going to take that promise and say, wash this truth over my soul, oh God. The Holy Spirit is able. The Holy Spirit is able to shine on our hearts with the light of the face of Jesus. And the sun, the heat, the light of that sun will make that seed grow inside of you and inside of me so that we don't have to, we won't be in the flesh, but we will bear the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace. God wants to do that by his mighty power. The Holy Spirit is able, and listen, brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit is in you. The singers could come. As we go to close, remember, please, please, when we're done, go read your Bible. Go read this passage, okay? I am sure that the Holy Spirit will maybe zero in on one of the fruit, a fruit that you need right now. You're like, Lord, I could sure use some faithfulness or I could sure use some self-control. I could show you some peace, or I could show you some joy. Joy that, Lord, I can't find it. There's no reason on this planet. But, Lord, I know that you can put joy in me. The Holy Spirit is able to bring it out. And that's what I want to pray right now. Come on, lift your hands.
Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, begin to worship him. Begin to remember that you have Christ in you, the hope of glory. And he wants to make you fruitful. He wants to make you a, a, a happy husband, a, a happy wife. He wants to make you someone who has the joy of the Lord as your strength and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. He wants to give us discipline, the self-control. He wants to make us loyal even when people are disloyal. Wants to make us faithful, good, and kind. He can do it. It's not found in this world, but it is found in Jesus. Hallelujah. So come on, come on, stand to your feet in your house and let's just worship Him and let's just declare, Lord, it's in you. It's in you. It's in you, Lord. It's in you, Lord. Hallelujah. We know there's more that's found in you. It's in you, Lord. It's in you, Lord. We know there's more that's found in you. It's in you, Lord. It's in you, Lord. We know. There's more that's found in you. It's in you, Lord. It's in you, Lord. We know there's more that's found in you. And we will. And we will never settle for less. We know there's more that's found in you. And we will never settle for less. We know there's more that's found in you. It's in you. It's in you, Lord. It's in you, Lord. We know there's more that's found in you. It's in you.
that's found in Jesus. And we have Jesus inside of us. We have the Holy Spirit. The indwelling Holy Spirit is inside of us. And he's ready to grow beautiful, wonderful fruit through our lives. So I want to encourage everyone, put your hand on your heart for a moment. And listen, no matter how this message hit you today, sometimes a word can be super challenging, sometimes super encouraging. No matter how it hit you, here's the truth. If you're a Christian, you have Christ in you, the hope of glory. And today we put our hands on our heart and we say, Lord, grow your best out of me. Grow it in me and then let it flow out of me. So come on, come on. Instead of worrying about what's going on around us and we've got a lot of pressures and a lot of challenges, for this moment, Hallelujah. in this moment right here, right now, we're going to say, God, grow something beautiful in me. So I want to pray, Father, we love you and we praise you. And we thank you that it is your desire that we would bear much fruit. It's to your glory that we would be fruitful men and women of God, fruitful teenagers, fruitful preteens, oh God. Fruitful marriages. Fruitful in the office, oh God. Fruitful, oh God, on the Zoom call. Fruitful, Lord, in the park as we walk. Lord, grow the fruit of the Spirit. God, I pray that you would put such a focus, such a faith in all of your people, oh God, to know that you are able by your mighty power to grow something beautiful, something wonderful from the inside out. And so, Lord, I pray that this would be the beginning of such a powerful walk with you, God, we're trusting you to grow us to new heights in you, that you would enable us to witness. Lord, the world needs the church to witness. God, make us your witnesses, not just by your power, but by your fruit. So Lord, help us to remember to check our vibe. Help us, help us to write it down, Lord. What's my vibe? God, grow a beautiful vibe in us and through us for your glory. May it be a wonderful day in every home. Lord, may you bless the days ahead. May your face shine upon us. Your favor and your protection be upon us. And Lord, may people be blessed by you through us. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen.